0: Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast, brought to you by Violet Defense. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products, or if you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of their technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and the experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. Educational AD also wants to thank varsity brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones, Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. The educational lady also wants to thank Hometown Ticketing. Hometown Ticketing helps thousands of schools across the country seamlessly provide convenient digital ticketing options for their communities and families and their fans. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. The Educational AD also wants to thank Gipper, Vital Signs, Camp Mobile, Booster Digital Displays, and Ephesus Lighting. Thanks to all of these great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD podcast brought to you by Violet Defense. Our guest today is another first Uh, Jennifer Rich, Uh, Jennifer's uh, Certified Master Athletic Administrator. She's currently the Assistant Principal uh, with the Washoe County School District and also the Athletic Director at Reed High School in Sparks, Nevada, our first visit ever to Nevada. Jennifer, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Jake. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited.
0: Uh, Well, we're excited to hear how things are going uh, out in your state. And uh, we're just talking about it to our listeners. We're recording this on August 2nd. So uh, this is a very timely episode. Uh, You're hearing it uh, just uh, a couple of days after we record it. And for many parts of the country, it's that first day of summer conditioning and a return to sports. So uh, it's going to be exciting to hear what's going on. But first, uh, Jennifer, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself: where you grew up, you know, where you went to school and college, and uh, you know, maybe how your uh, love of sports led you to a uh, career in athletic administration.
1: Great. Okay. Well, I'm an Air Force brat, and so we traveled everywhere until about elementary school, and then we settled in the Reno Sparks area, and I grew up in Washoe County, going to um, elementary, middle, and high school. And I went to the University of Nevada, Reno to get my admin- education administrator's degree. And I, I've i been playing sports since about the time I can walk, basically, because <laughs> it's been just, a, it was a part of my family's life and a part of my life. And I started out, I started out baseball. I was the first girl in Northern Nevada who, was, uh, who played baseball. Oh, Girls wow. had their softball league. No one had the baseball league. And my parents went to the baseball commission and said, she better be able to play baseball. And I was the first girl to play. And it kind of opened up doors. The second year, I actually ended up going over to softball because a coach came and recruited me. And I was pretty young and then two girls were in baseball and then it went from there and just opened up the world. So I was happy to to do that. I've coached probably every single sport. I, I taught elementary, middle and middle school. I was an administrator at middle school and high school. And now I'm still I've been at the high school level for about the last 20 years or so. But I coached probably every single sport, middle school level. They need coaches. You were there teaching. And I loved it. I loved the kids. And then um, when I played in high school, I played uh, golf, basketball, and softball. And so I did that for... Mm -hmm. three of my four years. And then my last year, I really focused on golf and softball because that's where I was getting scholarships to play. So I really focused on those too. But uh, moving along after coaching and moving into administration, it was just naturally for me to take over athletics at whichever high school I was in. And uh, I was never an athletic director. I just went straight to be an athletic administrator and um, working with my athletic director. And it's just been great. I've been at three different high schools in Washoe County and it's, it's been fabulous. Great experience.
0: Yeah, I always love to hear the stories and uh, you know, the multi-sport experience I think really helps out later on, you know, when you're working in administration, you know, you kind of, you know, it as a person, you know, you grew up with it. Uh, Talk a little bit about, you know, that transition from the teacher coach to the administrative role. Uh, You know, what were some things maybe that uh, you did to, um, you know, make that transition uh, a smooth and productive one?
1: Well, you play sports your whole life and then you're coaching sports for your teaching career. So you must know everything about athletics and so that's what you think and you move along and you're a coach and you move into administration and all of a sudden I don't know everything I thought I knew and I was getting jammed up all the time I had to stop take a breath and say oh this is the other side of the curtain that coaches and kids and parents they don't get to see is how it actually the schools get rolling and I had several mentors through my career and uh, it really just all organized itself for me because I really, really believe in helping the coaches understand their roles and what they can do and try to get them as any trainings I can get them to take in classes. And we, we do book studies uh, with our coaches, with our new coaches, we will do a book study here or there, but Over my three high schools I've been to, which has been about a span of about 22 years at the high school level, I think, it's really just getting to know the coaches, the kids, evaluating the athletic program, seeing what's working well, what's some stuff that you might need to tweak a little bit to get better progress on, and kind of then getting organized and finding your way of how you can best fit to improve the athletic program for the kids.
0: Oh, absolutely. I love, you know, the term you use that best fit because, uh, you know, what works at one school with one AD or one coach, you know, it might not be that best fit. So good stuff. Absolutely. You talked, um, you talked about mentors and you know, one thing we do is, you know, we always. Uh, ask, uh, who were those uh, mentors that kind of helped get you where you're at? The expression I always like to use is, I still hear those voices in my head you know, <laughs> when I'm talking to a coach or a kid or sometimes a parent. So uh, whose voice do you still hear?
1: Great. That is absolutely fabulous. I do. I hear their there common sayings they used to say, oh, yeah. what goes around comes around, and all of those sayings stick in my head when, and when I'm meeting with parents. When I was in middle school, I ran cross country and the cross country coach I had at the time, Frank Kite, he was just an amazing individual who kind of got me on the right path for athletics because you come from elementary school and you're playing all the different sports. And he kind of, as, a, as an athlete, focused me on having discipline and what it meant to move on. And then I moved to high school and my golf coach, Pat Cunning, he is just an amazing man. And he kind of helped me. He didn't know what to do with a girl who was pretty good at golf and what the next step should be. And it was a long time ago. So a lot of the coaches back then didn't really know how to, how to help the female athletes and to move on and, and to, um, go to the next level at college. And so he worked with me all the time. His mom and dad also worked with me. He was an amazing man. And my softball coach, Roland Stallworth, uh, they just really kept me focused on what it meant to be a serious athlete. And they showed me, I kind of wanted to do this too. They had characteristics that were, they were good people and loved kids. And they just took life at a different level. And that involves sports, which was my love. And then when I started being a teacher for Washoe County, all three of those gentlemen were still working for Washoe County. And so they got to see me as a teacher and coach. And um, I even worked in my career at at two of their high school, two of their schools where they were currently working. So that was great. I got to see them in action as an adult through my a different lens through an adult eyes and they were still just absolutely amazing and Rollins Stalworth is he's the athletics and activities director for Washoe County and he was my softball coach and he still is right there mentoring me I can text him call him whenever I need but they all three just had that kind good heart that cared and good bad or ugly whatever the problem is they're going to sit you down talk to you and try to help guide you so that when you move on because especially high school is all about practicing what it's going to be like to be an adult and what you'll put up with or how you'll you'll act or treat people when you get in the real world and all three of those gentlemen really taught me the value of human beings and the goodness in people and incorporating sports into their lives because that gives all of us, athletes, coaches, and administrators, it gives us a genuine love for the game, but it also helps us take a step back from the emotions and see we're really helping these kids become adults and being good citizens and good people. And that self-discipline is going to help them in any aspect of their lives, not just out on the field or on the court.
0: Oh, absolutely. We talk about that all the time, that you just don't know what a kid is going through at home, and you know when they come to practice. I would always tell our coaches, you know, we want that to be you know the best part of their day. Maybe they've had a great day and it's going to be even better, but you know maybe they have a crappy day, or maybe they're not uh, excited about going home. You know, let's make sure that you know they uh, they have fun, they learn, they're challenged, they get better. No, absolutely great stuff. And I was going to ask if you had a chance to uh, um, supervise, if you will. Uh, some of your old coaches back there. Uh, it sounds like that was a, a good oh, experience. Oh, absolutely
1: for you. hysterical! They, they wouldn't let me in the faculty lounge. They would, they would uh, tease me, just really making that making it hard for me. But it was all in good fun and love because they knew I loved them. And, and taking that different role of being an administrator and looking at it differently than that coach lens—that's something that they don't have that experience or knowledge. And so it, it. they come to you and ask you questions, the the coaches who coached you and you mm-hmm. help them. And so it's really just a process that, that just goes around. Everyone's helping everyone.
0: I, I love that. Everybody helping everyone. You're all on the same team. Good stuff. Jennifer, we get a lot of younger athletic directors that listen to the podcast. And I think it's important for you know, folks like us that have been around for a couple of years to share that journey of getting involved with your state association and also at the national level and for someone, um, you know, who has earned their CMAA. So can you share that briefly? You know, how did you get involved with your state association? And how did that lead to the process of getting your CMAA? Great question.
1: When I was a uh took just started taking over athletics there was this organization i saw the athletic director in in his office and he had i think he was trying to get his caa i was like what is this and he started talking to me about it i said how do you get involved in this because i played i coached every sport my whole life and i never knew that there was an organization that actually looked at the rules through the NIAAA in the National Federation of High Schools and took those back to your particular state and divvied out the information and worked in every possible subject. And I was really intrigued. And so I ended up starting out, I took two classes and I thought, this Well, it was a lot of information at me and I I thought, oh my gosh, how can I be an evaluator of teachers, be an instructional leader for everyone and also do what I love, athletics and and help my coaches and help the school's program just achieve more. And so it was a a little overwhelming and I just kept plugging away at it. I had um, the Nevada Athletic Directors Association, NADA. We um, there were some people on the committee who'd been around for a long time more than me and kind of saw the interest in me and sort of brought me along and got me interested first I was just in charge of the social committee whether because we we rotate from, Northern Nevada, Reno and Sparks to Las Vegas. And so every year it, we flip flop and the, the conferences in one place or another. And so I started out, oh, I can do social stuff. I'm friendly. <laughs> so I can organize that. And then it slowly led into helping out with membership. And then now I'm the professional development coordinator for the state of Nevada. And uh, now I'm looking at people saying, you're just starting. You're just coming out. You, these are classes you need to take. You want to get your CAA. And when you get that, you want to get your CMA. And we need to, a lot, of, a lot of people, they don't know about high school athletics other than what they see at a game. And especially and people down at the district office, they don't know. They just think, oh, you have coaches and somehow everything gets done. And that's kind of the extent of it and not understanding this is a huge educational program and it's very serious through the NIAA and FHS and it's it's really showing them we are professionals we take we take our even though it's sports we take it extremely seriously and we want to learn everything from the laws to what others are doing in other states just to learn and to help our kids get better and to have to have an association in Nevada that everyone can be proud of and so I just kind of slowly got in and then people started recruiting me and you know it's always a small group doing a lot for everyone and so I just jumped in and helped and next thing I know now I'm doing all these other things for NADA. And what I've noticed with our organization is um, a lot of the NADA, a lot of his board members are either retired or getting closer to retirement. And it's now the, the call is how to get these younger ones who want to make a difference, who want athletics to be their career and they want to be a part of it, of getting them involved to say it's more than just your school, it's more than just what's going on in your athletic department, it's more than what's going on in your district it's statewide endeavors to make things better for for the coaches, the officials, the parents, the kids and the athletic departments in the high schools. and it's also to show people that this is a professional organization and there's a lot that people just do not know they're not aware of and when they start to find out you take classes in the national conference while it's a lot of fun it's a very serious, and you learn mm-hmm. so much that you you get a little overwhelmed because there's so many great topics to learn. And that's kind of how I jumped into it. And now I'm at the other end looking, how can we get these athletic directors who have coached forever, or maybe not, or maybe those athletic administrators who never coached and didn't know what athletics were, they just happened to get it, is what they, they're going to be over in their school and showing them there's so much to get involved with. And we need the younger generations to start helping out because all of us are retiring or getting close to retirement. And pretty soon we won't be up to date on all of the new things that are out there. And so we need new blood, definitely. So they definitely, if you're new to the to athletics in an athletic department, Getting involved at your state level is super important, and it will just help you and your peers at other schools.
0: Oh, just a great story and great focus on that uh, point of getting involved. And uh, you also talked about, and I remember being this way, um, you just don't know what you don't know. And, you know, taking that first LTI course, uh, I was just hooked. Um and so Me too. Yeah. <laughs> it was scary. Yeah. Sounds like you're doing a lot of work out there in, in, in your state. So congratulations on that.
1: Thank
0: you. For our listeners, we are visiting with Jennifer Rich, Certified Master Athletic Administrator in the Y Show School District in Sparks, Nevada. We're going to take a quick break, uh, but we'll be coming back. Let's hear a little bit more about our podcast sponsor. Violet Defense. Once again, the Educational AD Podcast wants to thank Violet Defense. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products, or if you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of their technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and the experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. Welcome back to our conversation with Jennifer Rich, Wysho School District in Sparks, Nevada. Jennifer, one of the things we try to do with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, what are some best practices that you know, you've seen in your area, or maybe even their initiatives that you put into place at your school? And when you look at, you can say with equal parts pride and humility, boy, we really do this well. Okay? What are some best practices you can share? Well,
1: this is my third high school uh, doing athletics and I when I came to the school I was presented with we need your help getting organized and really taking the department to a new level. They needed a veteran to come in and see what was happening and so many amazing things the coaches and the kids it was just it was fabulous seeing everything. But I it was a little disjointed and so I think the best practice my, that myself and my athletic director, Ryan Sims, what we did was we created a coach's handbook and it wasn't just the normal, whatever, the general things that people have in. We, we tried to break it down into little pieces. When you have questions, what about transportation? or substance abuse and where can you go and what are the district policies and how does the school handle these things? And people get them jo- disjointly in emails, but if they had either the electronic version or the paper version where a coach could just look at and see something on Title IX and, or facilities or diversity, they could go to that section and read a little bit about it and then they can contact myself or my athletic director Ryan Sims and get further questions answered but that gave them a sense especially with your new coaches who especially if they're off-campus coaches and not educators they're not there they're not teachers they really don't know how to order uniforms and or who to talk to or what's going on or what to do with officials or how to get your assistant coaches on board and so we kind of made chapters and put all the information into it to help those new coaches, as well as the veterans to remind them a little bit where, what to do in an emergency, what to do if, a, if it's active shooter or if it's um, a natural disaster, things like that. It just put everything, there wasn't a real process of information. And so a lot of people were just really out there doing their own thing. And they were using sort of versions of the school colors, but they weren't really. And I thought, we need to be branded. We, when, when we go out there and you see cross-country, football, golf, any sport, you want to be able to look at those kids and look out there and say, that's Reed Raiders. That's who the Reed Raiders are. And so it was getting the coaches on board with the same colors, what to use, which type of blue, which type of gold, the logos. And it's really because there's so much to coaching that's gets overwhelming. And we wanted it to be an easy access to remind veteran coaches or to really help out the young ones and putting just structures in place where they get approval through. So they send me their logo or designs or their colors, and I approve before they go, go to the vendor. And to me, that that is a great best practice because a lot of people don't think of all the minute questions. You spend a year, write down every question a coach asks you. And at the end of the year, take all of those and put it in a coach's handbook along with your other important major topics. Because you can you can answer a lot of those. This, it'll be different coaches, but same questions. So we kind of did that. And It took us about a year, year and a half, and um, I'm pretty proud to say that our coaches are on board, got the colors. There's a few coaches who've been coaching for 20 years here at Reed, and, you know, so they're kind of the old school colors from way back when they went to Reed as students, and so they get to keep their colors. The rest of the organization's going to our royal blue and gold, but, um, And then when we have to respect their history of being students here and being longtime coaches. And when they leave and new coach comes in, we'll we'll get those two teams to get on board because it's important to brand yourself. People need to know, oh, that's your school. That's your mascot. This is the front door of our school. And it's so important um, to be united. And I think as a best practice, that's probably your major goal and how to communicate, how to talk to each other. I just, I think it took a, it took a bit. I just finished my fifth year, starting my sixth year here. And it, it took a few years to get people on board and get it to smooth running. But once you start doing that, and so the, the, the handbook and then taking that into coaches meetings or our season coaches meetings that we have, we discuss culture, climate, diversity. We go through parts of the handbook of those minute questions that a lot don't know and remind. And so to me, that was the best practice we put in place here at Reed to get going in the right direction. And they were amazing before I got here. I'm just trying to chug along and help Reed. If I could, at the end of my career, if I can look back and say that I helped improve a school in any way that was already an amazing school then i i will think i did a good job when i retire
0: oh without question and this should come as no surprise you know you led with you know the idea of organization you know getting everything in the book and then you followed up with communication you know communicating that uh, those are two of the uh, most frequently mentioned tools in uh, shameless plug the athletic director's toolbox. So, uh, you know, well done there, okay? Absolutely. Jennifer, um, we talked at the top of the show how uh, we're recording this on August 2nd, many states, including Florida, you know, this is the first day back. Uh, I don't want to do a deep dive, but uh, um, what are you doing in Washoe County in Nevada? And we understand it might be different in other parts of the country. What are you doing right now? uh august 2021 with regard to covid uh, are there still restrictions is it you know back to normal just real quickly uh what's going on uh as far as the covid response for this school year at this moment in time
1: well as we all know the last couple of years has just been round and round and a little crazy and mandates changing daily sometimes and we went into uh, this year well we ended the year thinking we are going back to all kids full-time full classrooms all sports we're just going to start over as if we it was a few years ago and right now the mandate is masks and and trying to keep at least three feet, but uh, masks indoors, uh, except for such as volleyball, the girls that are actually out on the court, they don't have to wear their masks, but the coaches and the kids on the bench have to wear their masks. And uh, so indoors, outdoors, no masks are required. And we're waiting because the governor has a few other mandates that he's gonna put out and we're guessing probably Thursday or Friday, but the big one right now is masks and I'm also the um, athletic um, principal assistant principal over buildings and grounds. And so I have a lot of the, the sanitation and the wipes to help the computer labs and things. So we're still doing the masks and the wipes and the sanitation right now in Nevada. I think I
0: lost you. Nope, I am a professional podcaster, and I can push my unmute button. Okay. <laughs> um, I was saying that. Uh, appreciate you sharing that. And again, we understand it might be different in other parts of the country. Here in Florida, I think we're probably fairly similar to what y'all are doing there in Nevada. And it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Okay. Hopefully, everybody stays safe, and we can, you know, as you said, you know, move forward. Uh, Jennifer, another question that I've been asking athletic directors for a little over a year now, revolves around this idea of social awareness, um, social justice. And this is my question. Uh, What are some things that we can do as athletic directors better? How can we do a better job of being socially aware for our kids, our coaches, our community? Um, You got any ideas?
1: That's that is a fabulous question because that is really on everyone's minds and those are topics that come up and outside of district trainings educate yourself read see what's up Google what's out there at other go to NFHS see if there's anything out there that you can bring back to your school we see it a lot with um, playing time and what is who gets what playing time and maybe not the best athletes that and the parents want their kids to be playing all the time and they want they want things to be equitable but with sports we have there's a different cause there We, we want to win and coaches play their players and we've seen that the playing time a lot with families with the athletes my biggest I guess idea would be listen to the athletes and train your coaches. So your coaches are aware, I mean, it's gone are the days where the coaches I had, and I probably was where you it's my way or the highway. And, um, you just do these things and you listen to your coach and you're running laps and all of that. And that's gone now. And you have a different type of kid and, They need to be heard and they need to be listened to their concerns and if they're not playing sit them down the coaches sit them down and have a conversation on what they could do. To maybe improve their skills a little bit, and I think there's a lot of kids like you said earlier, who we have no idea what's going on at their home. If they're working three jobs, if they're babysitting, if they're taking care of their families, we have no idea, boyfriend, girlfriend troubles. I mean, the normal, the normal, as well as there's a lot going on with these kids. And through COVID, I think we we saw the anxiety that a lot of the athletes were having. And I think we have to we have to listen and communicate. Those are my two big suggestions is listen and communicate. And they've got ideas. I always say to the people that I work with and the kids that my way is not the right way. It's just my way. If we have other ways to do things, let's give it a shot and try, but we need to listen and communicate. We need to find out what's going on with, in these kids' minds when they come out, because they're not just coming out to play basketball or, or swim. They, they've got other things going on and to them it's traumatic or they're big deals and we'll we'll be better coaches and we'll be better athletic departments and the kids will have a safe place and they might be better athletes because their coach or their athletic department listened to them
0: yeah absolutely the, the communication thing just keeps coming through for you but again listening to your athletes and even listening to your coaches you know somebody might have a great idea Um, uh, One of the things I have in one of my presentations is, you know, hopefully you've never worked for someone who says, "Uh, we've never done that before, or we've always done it this way before, and and they're not (laughs) interested in new ideas, Uh, just, I I think that's just a morale killer, you know, let's, let's try to find a way to get better, you know, so good stuff. Well, Jennifer, this has been really cool uh, for our listeners. Uh, this has probably been the hardest I've ever had to work to get an episode recorded. Uh, you know, Jennifer and I both had things that were going on, but uh, we're laughing about it now, um, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Now you're certainly a very successful athletic administrator, Uh, But right now I'm going to task you with sending out a brand new athletic director on the very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three items in their toolbox. What three things are going to go in Jennifer Rich's athletic director toolbox?
1: That's a toughie because there's so many amazing things out there and we, we never stop learning. It's always. However, I think ask questions. And because you might get, if you're a new athletic director, you've been coaching your whole life and don't make the mistake I made where you think you know everything because you were a player and you were a coach and ask questions because it's the other side of that curtain. You don't know what you don't know. And there's so much out there and it's okay to ask questions and every person I've ever met that involved in athletics they are there to help you and you can reach out to anyone but ask questions that's a big one because there's all that little stuff you don't know the second one i would say show up to a bunch of practices and a bunch of games the kids will recognize that The parents will see it, your coaches, you go to some away games and they they look up and they're so excited to see you that you were there. And then when you come back the next day, if they're teachers on campus, go chat with them about the game and see what they were thinking, win or loss, it doesn't matter. But when the athletes and the coaches and the parents see you at things, they get more comfortable coming up and you can nip a lot of issues in the bud, but you also get, it's all about building trust. And you will build a lot showing up to practices. Just hang out. You don't have to do or say anything, but they see you. And that's important. Uh, my third is probably educate yourself a little bit. Find out what the district policies are, what your school has in place. Read some handbooks. What's the fundraising that is allowed at, in your district? or at your site. Um, for here, we go off of what the district provides for us. So know that, because the fundraising, there's some things you can do, you can't do. Can you give out gift cards? You know, There's a whole bunch that you don't know. And meet with your bookkeeper, because I guarantee you she, has, she or he has policies in place where how, how to make a deposit. What do you do with loose coin? Uh, what about purchase orders or check requests or what's the timeline they want to see if you want to use the credit card and they're very specific they have memorandums that they've pulled from the district that they have to follow and they're not being mean when they say no or we can't do it this way and so then you find out all that information and you educate your coaches because you want the thing I believe in in my job is my. Jo- I'm here to make your your job easier, and so absolutely, if you're an athletic director, I'm here to make my athletic directors' life easier, and my coaches and the bookkeeper. And I want to ensure that she. I listen and I hear her when she's. I've got some coaches I need to go have a conversation with, and but I'm also trying to educate my coaches on the proper policies. And as an athletic director there's probably a district student activities funds, how the money can be spent, how it can't, or um, a district general funds, or what to do with those fundraising monies that comes in and how you can utilize it and spend it. And that's that's the stuff no one wants to think about because that's not fun and that's not out there getting involved and we're being active. That's But that's the nuts and bolts of the game. and. You're the one as an athletic director that when things don't quite go right, you're the one that's got to go have those conversations or you're the one that has to educate them the best they can. And everyone makes mistakes and it's going to happen repeatedly. But if you can look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm doing what's right for kids, then you know you'll be okay. But definitely learn, learn about the money and fundraising and spirit packs and how much Co- coaches can charge. And that's huge. And that's what gets a lot of people in trouble is the financial side. So that'd be my number three, I think.
0: Oh, I mean, all of those are, are great. And you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, budget and handbook, you know, they're not, you know, the sexy items, but you know, they <laughs> yep. can certainly derail you as an administrator, if, if you uh, are not following those procedures, great, great ideas. Jennifer, if one of our listeners wants to reach out and pick your brain a little bit, what's the best way they can get in touch with you?
1: Well, they can email me probably at jritch at washoschools.net and it's spelled W A S H O E schools, plural. S-C-H-O-O-L-S dot net. So jrich at net That's probably the best way to get hold of me.
0: Okay, And that email address is also on the NIAAA portal, which is another resource I encourage ADs to Definitely. Uh, check out. Jennifer, thanks so much for being on the podcast. All the best as you open the uh, 2021-22 school year.
1: Well, thank you. We're hoping it's going to be a fabulous year.
0: All right. It was great and, uh, talking
1: to you. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, To our listeners, thanks as always for tuning in. Remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are uploaded to the Educational AD YouTube channel. Thanks again for listening to this episode. Come back again next time for another version of the Educational AD.